Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. Today my guest is Dr. Anila Khan, all the way from Pakistan. Dr. Khan, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited. So you do a lot of research on autism ADHD, is that right? I'm autistic too. I'm working since 2011 with autistic children and ADHD. And um, later on, I came to know that I'm also autistic. So it's like something was divine already for me. Oh, wow. Wow. That's so interesting. So so what are the differences? Because a lot of people, especially in America, they try to lump them both together. So what are some of the differences? I'm looking at this chart you posted. Uh, so can you go over some of the differences between autism and ADHD? Children, they're impressive. And uh, they are striving for novelty. They want to do new things all the time. And they get bored very easily. That's the reason that they, when they're children, they cannot complete their homework. They want to get to, and they want to get, and they want to indulge into different things. But if you talk about autism, it's something like if they have, you know, they find something interesting and they, it is a part of their routine, then they make it routine. And they want to do it for long, for so long. Maybe it could be like for, they might be doing that thing for six months or, you know, seven, one year. It could be food too. They will eat food for the whole year. Same food, same routine, same dresses even. So it is something like that. It's uh, like, I just give you small, you know, you could say a journey. And we will discuss more about when we have this discussion later on. Uh, like, Yeah, there's a lot to go into detail here. So that's really interesting. So ADHD people are very, um, they look for new things. And whereas autistic people tend to focus more on routine. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so if you have someone and they're showing signs of both autism and ADHD, is it possible mm -hmm. for there to be a comorbidity or is one more prevalent than the other? Usually when we were studying, there was a classical thing. There were people were thinking about that. You might have one disorder. It might be comorbid with other. So if there are two opposite things, yes, we people have both condition because I myself is AUDHD. But later on, it came to me that I have autism and I have both things together. Like I am AUDHD. So a person could have both. Yes, that is the answer. Okay, okay. That's fair. So how did you discover that you had autism? Okay. Discovery is a very recent discovery. Um, you could say that one or two years before I, was, I wanted to do, because I am always interested in research. And I did, my research was not that much on it was on autism, but it was not that on gender thing. And when I'm working here, if I have 10 or 12 children in one institution, there would be only a girl would came reason for that. Why they're not coming? Because people don't uh, spend money on a girl child. Because uh, if girl child is a very, uh, you know, if a girl is not talking too much, a girl is clingy, she's not going to, uh, you know, uh, she's all the time want to sit with her children. Her, sorry, her parent, then it is a good girl. So that that was not reality. Uh, people would, so it's like a cultural thing. Yes, yeah, a cultural thing. And uh, if you talk about the traits of a boy, it's also a cultural thing too. Like a boy needs not emotionally uh, expressive. And that is also a cultural thing. People would say that. And and in your therapies, when you, when you uh, try to help these children, how do you go about that? Is there a certain type of therapy that you do? When I, I was doing the uh, different thing, then sometimes a child is not responding to 
but however we have mind. okay mm-hmm. but sometimes child is not doing uh, responding to that so when i use play therapy i will use art therapy i will work on phonics i will work on the uh, you know um, music thing so it is something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. and whatever i do when i am working with a child i see what the child know what the child like you know because mm-hmm. uh, if you know about autism you might have if you have studied about autism there is something would come uh, in your um, in your research or uh, that is called stimming so st- stimming is something a uh, repetitive behavior a child is doing just to make sense of the environment and just to make take comfortable over there so sometimes it could be a musical thing so whatever child know i pick that thing sometimes child came to me and it is totally you know the child don't even have sounds so i will work on sound so it's more like my way would be singing my mm-hmm. my way would be repetitive thing kind of a thing that sync into with that child so mm-hmm. that's how i'm working with that child so yeah. i will pick the strength i will pick the liking of the child what just the child like mother would say that i just when i'm doing that, that consultation i ask the parent what is the favorite thing of the child it could be animal it could be jingles it could be numbers because they have you know uh, they like those things and the other thing is that um, uh, those are um, uh, things that that will always remain same for example a b c d the sequence of a b t a b c d is always same you know we are, we cannot change the sequence of a b c so these are something that children with autism like a lot people think oh there's just one formula to use on every child the reality is every child is different you have to do what works best for the child you can't expect them all to respond to the same things especially someone with autism if they're not particularly interested in something it's you have to find what they're interested in to really help them i feel like sometimes the goal isn't necessarily to help the child it's just to get them to be more you know what society expects them instead of doing what's best for the child so it's really good that you're focusing on the individual children that's lacking in some places a lot and you know what i do i also do i get involved with that child too mm-hmm. it's like i'm asking child to do something i am doing that too mm-hmm. like i am modeling that behavior that's good that's because when a child sees that that's why right. child want me to involve so i get more involved with that child even if it's uh, i'm uh, you, even if you are we are solving a puzzle we are coloring we are doing something even if it's eating so i will get involved with that child i don't eat his food it's not like that but i will help that child how to use the spoon i will help that child to hold the spoon and do that so if i am explaining something i am showing them to what what to do and how to do so it's not like just it's not like you know just doing something and verbal and stuff like that. it's not it's never like that you need to get involved into child and you need to get more involved in that child it exactly. is something like that exactly yeah because the more involved you are the more responsive the child will be and a lot of these children in some cases they don't feel like anyone is actually paying attention to them and when you show that you're paying attention you show that you're listening to them that can help them be more responsive and be a huge thing that helps them and the thing is that you need to get involved in also so how why child is responding to you because you are involved with that child so sometimes the child is not feeling good the sometimes child is having meltdown it could be anything so mm-hmm. and the child is crying a child came to the new child and uh, the child learned that something because you might have decided because when you were uh, doing some research there are few form of therapies which are abusive therapies and people don't like there are some reason that they don't like that therapies and that is reality too so the child was going to that kind of a therapy and i'm not going to name something over here because we everybody know that what i'm talking about if somebody would listen to that 
So they go, the child was doing, uh, going to that therapy place for some time, maybe for one year or two years. And the child was six years old. He came to me and he said that, uh, I'm not going to study. I said that, no, we have to study today because we are doing that. And then we will study, then we will do something else we would like to do. And we together. the child hit me. The child hit me with the puzzle. Wow. And, uh, and he think that he think that if I will hit her, she's going to leave me. And I'm not going to do anything. And I'm going to, you know, um, bargain on that thing. Next day, I said that, you know, let's complete whatever today. And then we will do something else. Next day, the child came and he pulled my hair. I did. I said that uh, I didn't. I didn't respond. I just said that hurting me. I, that was my only response to him. That you are hurting me. Third day he came, and he threw everything over there. So that hitting was going for one one week. You could say that hitting, hitting my head with the thing that he that was in in his hand, throwing stuff on me and throwing everything like messing up the whole room and stuff like that. I said that my only sentence was, you're, you're hurting me and hurting, hurting somebody's bad. That was my response to him. And I, it was like, I was, and I think that was something he lacked. That was not in his life. So after one, and he was, um, and he was a very intelligent child. He was so intelligent. There was a place, there was a wall in the school where there was all history of the, well, you know, you could say the world history was there. That, that was painted over there. And he was telling me everything about that, that wall. He was that intelligent. You could, can you, can you imagine six year old boy is telling me those things? Mm. Then there was some, uh, there was another wall in our, in that place. There, there was different fishes. We would call, okay, this is fish, this is fish, this is fish. And he knew the name of the everything. It means that he was intelligent enough and he could understand too. After one week, he said that, I'm very sorry, I hit you. Hitting is bad. So I have to show him the kindness and i have to show him that hitting is a bad thing and i think that was something that was lack in his life mm -hmm. like some kind word some something out of the way you go to that so that's how i work with children and that's give me uh when some when children are learning something from me it make me very happy like that's... it is something beyond uh, you could say that mm -hmm. see a lot of times people will just yell at their children or respond like like if the child gets physical with them they'll get physical with the child and and you have to have the empathy and the understanding if you just give them because when a child is acting out it's because they are seeking some kind of response a lot of people don't know how to show love and empathy to their children if the child doesn't act how they expect they just respond with yelling or being mean to the child or or neglecting the child and you have to be able to understand where the child is coming from. You have to like work on their level and you have to treat them with kindness and understanding in order to make any progress. Exactly. And you need to, you need to actually show them. Let me tell you something. And that would be very easy for you to understand. A lot of time parents will ask a child to give them something, you know, can you give me a glass of water or something like that? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, Child don't understand what to do and how to do because they have different issue. It could be the issue of executive function. It could be the issue of command falling. It could be anything and it could be you know, multiple things. And because the understanding and the working level of uh, individual who, who have autism and who have ADHD is different. Even adults have different way of working too. So if you're sitting there and you never teach your child how to 
pass you a glass he's not going to understand what you are saying to him mm-hmm. so if you don't do that why you have to go and you have to tell what does that mean because they don't understand what you're trying to say because they lack comprehension you know so mm-hmm. you need to teach them from what does that if and of the right i need to teach that child by modeling that behavior in front of him mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it is something like that so if you're just you know uh, uh, abusing your child in sense of i'm talking about emotional abuse over here because if uh, like uh, sometimes people you know hit here is all the time parents say that i have tried everything i'm hitting i'm punishing them i'm taking things from them i tried reinforcement i tried this punishment i tried it it's not working why it's not working because children are what are you what are you doing your child over here is just making him uh, you you know just not giving they just uh, you're just you know instilling hate in those children mm-hmm. like you're just teaching violence you're not doing anything you're not helping the child either you're teaching teaching them you know violence and how to react when something happened like that so we need to show and we need to teach kindness and if you by teaching what i mean is you need to act in front of that what does what does that mean meaning of kindness you need to do that exactly you have to demonstrate it you have to because your children they they act based on what they see and if they see you treating them a certain way or treating other people that way they're not going to know how to be kind if you want your child to be kind you have to demonstrate that to them because they learn a lot more from what you do than what you say if you tell them to just do a certain thing they're not going to understand or comprehend that unless they see you doing that thing exactly mm-hmm. so so right now you're working in uh these there how many what what would you say the prevalence of this is because i think over time more and more people have been diagnosed with ADHD and autism do you see a lot of kids that have these conditions you know but i would say that people think that it is happening like that because people think that it is kind of pandemic but i would say that people are more aware of that right now because we have about autism or ADHD and also that we need to also understand the fact that adult have autism and ADHD too those children who was diagnosed when they were children they have to grow up with the same conditions so if we are thinking that there are a lot of children out there i would say that it is because of people are now more aware of autism or adhd so that is the reason why we see though so many uh, uh, you know rise in the uh, you could say the number of uh, people who have autism the autistic yeah. people yeah and the knowledge is really helping because there's a cultural thing over in america where a lot of parents their kid is acting up and it's a, like they don't want their child to have autism because autism is looked at like oh my child can't have autism there must be something else or my child can't have ADHD there must be something else but these aren't bad things these are just they it just means that they need different things than what another child would need these aren't like bad things and i think we have to get rid of the the stigma i don't know how it is in in pakistan but over here it's like a lot of parents will look down upon their kids or try to make it so they don't have that or if we just like oh if we don't get them treatment if we just if we just talk to them we can we can get them to grow out of this but you can't really grow out of it like you were saying earlier it's a part of you i mean and you have to get you have to if you need to you have to get treatment you have to go to therapy you have to you have to grow with it you can't just pretend it doesn't exist and you know i just put um, uh, one uh, question on my twitter and i just asked what was the age when you were get diagnosed 
and can you imagine that 70 was a age 78 oh wow people are getting diagnosed at that age so what was the reason they they are getting maybe other reasons too but they might have this idea that something is not right like they are living the life of they don't understand so people why people are if you you know you are saying that uh, uh, what is the culture in pakistan over here people think that either parents either professional like they are inculcating that thought in i would say inculcating that thought if their child is diagnosed with autism if the child is autistic or if the child have you know adhd specifically i will talk about autism then the life that of the child is finished the child is something you could say a burden now he cannot go to school he cannot have therapy is something else but he cannot go to school and he cannot have a profession so it is something like that so if i um, one day i said this to somebody and he used to say that you talk very fast you talk very fast and nobody understand that you know all the time and you know i get this thing um, you know this uh, you could say this stereotypical kind of a thing of people were blaming me for all the time that like they were judging me you could say you talk very fast how people are going to understand you talk very fast like i remember that when i was in university then there would be a, uh, my hod ask one girl that stand beside her and the moment she talks talk fast you need to touch her you know i need to stop her say talk slow talk slow talk slow so can you imagine that trauma it was always there they would always say, say same thing to me but i said tell this to that person that i have this condition i have autism like i'm autistic and he said oh you are you are you know you are making you know you're just somebody is just do this propaganda because you are a famous and you are doing a lot of work and people are because of jealousy in jealousy they did that so they were not getting in the idea that a person who was autistic who was autistic through, throughout the life he just get education he get degrees he get you know he have a working career and he is a or he or she is advocate to and she or he is talking to the that thought is not even acceptable at all so in pakistan i would say somebody are somebody is autistic or they are have adhd or they have intellectual disabilities the life of the child is finished they don't think that it could happen you know we could do something about that so they get so scared of that that you can't can't even imagine how their life you know shift and they are thinking about going to other countries like let's move to other country and whenever they go to other country then you know that what are the problem in your country so problem is there until unless you accept the fact that the child have those conditions uh, it is not going to get better acceptance is the first step after that treatment or cure or cure or not cure if, I, if there are other condition too but acceptance is the first step like if you work with them as a child or whenever they get diagnosed you work with them there are several autistic people who are able to have jobs who are able to function in society and are able to do these things like you said you have autism and you've become uh, you've done all this education have gotten all these uh, certificates and degrees so that that's i think that's inspiring i think if uh, if you're autistic and you're listening to this i mean if you have some side of some type of goal that you want to pursue and if people are telling you you can't because you're autistic or you can't because of this that and the third thing i mean you have the capacity to do it i mean the people have become doctors people have become all kinds of things with autism so i wouldn't it's very difficult to stay positive when society and culture brings you down but i encourage you if you're listening to please stay positive and to keep to keep working at whatever it is you'd like to work at and you know the thing was that people were say about therapy and thing i never had them 
Like, mm-hmm. they, oh, when you were a child, how was therapy look like? How was diagnosed? I, I just need to tell them. I was never diagnosed when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And that ADHD thing come because I, I am a very hyper person. I am very hyperactive kind of person. Mm-hmm. I want to do a lot of things. I will do this. I will do this. I will jump into this thing. I will jump into this thing. So I was always like that and during my uh, university time. And the problems that everybody faced, like we also, everybody faced that problems. And the point is, just you need to understand that that was never a reasonable adjustment for me. I have to go through the same thing. I have to go to the same exam, even though I have different issues. I have all the issues. So if people think that, I'm saying this because this is what, what is in people's mind. This is what is in the parents' mind. Oh, our child needs reasonable adjustment. Yes, they need reasonable adjustment. But there are a lot of people who never had those things. And you just need to encourage your children to, instead of you know fighting the and fighting and inculcating negativity in the children and negativity in your life that you can do that because there are a lot of people who are doing that so instead of holding back and holding back your child don't go there just teach your child to face those things because at the end of the day no matter how many treatment how many therapeutic that is important i'm not saying that is that is not important it is important but if you are afraid of something and there's one door you need to go to the, through that door and that's so inspiring. Thank you so much for, for sharing that and for sharing all. I've learned so much from talking with you over the past little bit. This is incredible. I'm always tell, happy to tell the people that, you know, let me tell you something over here too, because there are problems of executive function. We have sensory issues. We have meltdowns. We have shutdowns. There are a lot of things. And sometimes we cannot go beyond that thing. So first thing is, and the other th- important thing over here is, the first self-acceptance. Did you accept yourself that you have those problems? And are you ready to treat other people because when you're you're neurodivergent person, then you're very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Maybe there might be few who are not empathetic, but uh, the people I know that they're empathetic people. And throughout the life, <coughs> sorry, throughout the life, we have this thing in our mind that we have to go beyond our capacity to help other people or to work with them. So, they accept us so that the society accept us so that they they include us in their plan so that they they play with us and do they do that things start thinking about yourself start thinking about and draw the boundaries what are your boundaries what make you uncomfortable don't don't do those make you uncomfortable and don't do those things that is going to cost you health mm-hmm. because if you are doing those things for so long you have very bad meltdowns and meltdown is very very heavy thing it could co- drain your all energy and you could feel totally dysfunctional. Like your body is not even moving. People have those kind of condition after marriage. So self-love and acceptance is first thing. And try to learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, thank you so much. That's, I hope anyone listening can take something away from this and self-acceptance, absolutely. Please accept yourself, love yourself and set boundaries that these are all great things thank you so much for sharing and thank you for all the work you do it's really incredible thank you again for being here for everyone who's listened thank you for listening please share this if you know someone with autism or adhd maybe share it with them and just thank you all for listening i hope you have a you have a great time and dr khan thank you again for being here thank you so much it was was nice that you already know about a lot about, about those things i've studied for a little bit uh, psychology, but still, just talking with you, you you've got 
more degrees than me. So it's, it's very, um, it was very, uh, very informative for me. I learned a lot. And I'm, I'm happy that uh, people are talking about those because the more you talk about those things, the more you talk about those conditions, the more you talk about how society, because inclusion is very important mm-hmm. and acceptance is very important. Okay. We have accepted ourselves and throughout the life we are talking about how a child need to change himself to how the society can learn to include those people. So I think the narrative should be changed now. The society needs to start learning that how to include those people, how to include those in our in their institutions, in their schools, what they can do about us, what they can help us. I think we need to start change that discussion. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's it for this episode, guys. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.